There's a lot of importance placed on intellectual knowing, conceptual understanding, and we get a sense of value from believing we know and convincing others that we know that what we know conforms to the general version of reality from day one. We're provided with all of these words and terms and definitions. We're praised for knowing these definitions. This naming creates a dualistic perception of reality. We then start to live our lives at face value. We don't look beneath the surface of our existence and we go about our lives believing that what we think is absolute, is actual. And so we're not really engaging with the world around us. If we really get honest and just be real, we don't know. We don't know anything. We are living in a storybook as these lives we live out through our thoughts and concepts. None of it's actually happening. What's happening is indescribable in every possible way. It's not what you think it is. It's infinity, infinity And then we squeeze it down into these notions and concepts so you can get a, a handle on what's going on when actually you don't have any handle on what's going on whatsoever. And the only thing we can rest on is this isness, this happening. There's nothing wrong with using language and symbols to talk and point towards what we're talking about, but it's actually just so simple. All you can ever know is experiencing. That is the only absolute true thing you can be sure of that isn't a thing. It's reality. And that is the basic fact. And then everything that comes on top of that is actually just ideas. You're listening to the Non-Duality Podcast. This is Nick Hyam from nisagayoga.com. And with me is Paul Dobson. Contemplate the fact that we simply don't know anything. Marvel at the fact that we think we do. We can conceptualise. We can spin a whole world out of concepts, out of thoughts, beliefs, perception, and believe in it so strongly I find that pretty amazing. That's quite a miracle, I feel. Yeah. You know, we've got this medium called thought, which seems to do this magical thing whereby this seamless reality gets split into infinite things, which we either pursue or try to avoid. And then we spend our whole lives doing that amassing and avoiding objects and these objects are just thoughts they're just beliefs that we've inherited what's beyond these beliefs what's beyond the concepts like what's that yeah that's where the juice is though isn't it mm. it's a willingness to let go of these ideas about what you are and if you go fully into vulnerability you find invulnerability that which cannot be tarnished in any sense whatsoever yeah. You know, what is this thing we call experience? What is this happening? It appears to be happening. We've got nothing to compare it to at all. What is this showing up, this radiant display of color and sound and everything else? What is it? How is it? Yeah. All I can say is it appears to be happening. We are living in a storybook 
as these lives we live out through our thoughts and concepts, if none of it's actually happening, what's happening is indescribable in every possible way. It's infinity, infinitying. And then we squeeze it down into these notions and these concepts, squeezing down infinity into these really small <laughs> little ideas. Mm. So you can get a, a handle on what's going on when actually you don't have any handle on what's going on whatsoever. It's just completely open-ended, inconclusive in every possible way. And the only thing we can rest on is this isness, this happening, and not those words. There's just experiencing. And what is experiencing? That's it. I mean, even when I say experiencing, the mind immediately kind of goes, oh, I know what experiencing is. Yeah. And you just, it's automatic. It's so seamless and so quick. It's like a supercomputer the mind that's automatic quickly squeezes it down in something it knows but experiencing what is that it's a miraculous occurrence of who knows what and it's not separate from anything that's experienced in any way to call it experiencing subtly creates this divide between an experience and experienced but they only ever arise together there's only different qualities of experience there's never an experienced experienced and experiencing like a consciousness and what's perceived in consciousness there's only consciousness or there's only the perceiving it's all one thing so to call it anything whatsoever is actually to limit it and actually an impossibility it immediately creates a divide because there's always an opposite to any word absolutely if we really get honest and just be real we don't know we don't know anything that's not a difficult concept to grasp. It's obvious because we know that words aren't the things. That's a given, isn't it? Yeah. From day one, we're provided with all of these words and terms and definitions. We're praised for knowing these definitions. Our education system and the way we parent is all about enforcing these concepts isn't it yeah and then giving the child a sense of worth through what they know from what they can give back to you what they can regurgitate from their bank of knowledge and then we put value on that so oh well done well done you know what that thing is and so this naming creates a dualistic perception of reality we then start to live our lives at face value and we don't look beneath the surface of our existence and we go about our lives believing that what we think is absolute, is actual. It's like there's a veil there or a filter and so we're not really engaging with the world around us and even to say the world around us is a conceptual veil in its own right because we don't even know there is a world around us. All we know is our experience of the world around us. And likewise, we know the experience of the world within us. So we know experience and we can say that we are experiencing. Experiencing is foundational 
It's effortless. It's unlimited, uncaused. And what we call experiences are conceptualized versions of that one experiencing. Just conceptualized versions. Mm. Just, you could say distortions, but even that is making a judgment when there's no need to. They're just different versions of that one reality, that one awareness. The mind, which is nothing but thought, is applying a label on that one experiencing. Then our lives are completely devoted to supporting our collection of concepts. And we define ourselves, we define everything by those, and we don't look beneath the veil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, we're very heavy-handed with everything as well, aren't we? It's like well, there's infinite shades in between, isn't there? We border it off and go, okay, this goes in this section and this goes in that section. And whatever this is, isn't actually like that. We might be able to pretend we're putting stuff in sections and that's how things are, but that's actually not how reality is. It's infinitely subtle, regardless of how broad and heavy handed we want to be with it. It still remains what it is. Mm. You know, prove that you're not dreaming right now. And so say you are dreaming right now. You could be dreaming this whole life. You have no idea. Like, if you have nothing to compare it to, if this was a dream, you know, what is a mug other than dreaming energy? You know, dream energy is dream texture. The dreaming mind appearing as a mug, you know. Yeah. And like you say, we're rewarded when we're kids by calling things things. That's a mug, that's red, that's yellow, that's the sky, that's a tree. Before that, it was all very simple. And it was all just like, there's just this happening and not even with any words or thoughts for it. No concepts for it, just this happening and everything is open and free. Mm. It's not started to be limited down into little boxes yet. But we get rewarded and that's kind of like our indoctrination into the human sort of yeah. way of thinking or the human human cult to be extreme with it. And then and then now we sort of like try to deprogram that cult mentality. And it takes a it takes a long time to deprogram any kind of mentality. Even if people have been in a cult for a few years, it takes a while for them to really come out of that way of thinking. But imagine a whole lifetime where everyone is in on it. You know, but they don't know they're in on it. <laughs> that takes that takes some work. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of importance placed on intellectual knowing, conceptual understanding, and we get our sense of value from believing we know and convincing others that we know that what we know conforms to the general version of reality. The minute you start saying, oh, no, it's not red, it's blue, then you're deemed as, well, colourblind. Yeah. Clearly it's what everyone believes it is. You've got it wrong. Yeah. And the truth is, reality is blind. That's it. Reality doesn't see distinction. Reality doesn't have preferences. Reality doesn't hold on to any version of itself. No. Yet reality is every version of itself and allows for every version of itself. Replace the word reality with any word that resonates for you experiencing is a good word because it brings it to this immediate real-time experiential engagement in what this is 
this infinite context in which content is created from that context and simply explored in this boundless science lab or you could say playground or adventure park. And so these concepts aren't bad, they're not wrong. The dualistic perception of reality is not something that has to be undone, but just hold it loosely. Just settle into the facts that you don't know. Don't try to get rid of your knowing, just be playful with what you know and consider that it may not be absolute. That's it. It's a it's a playfulness, isn't it? Mm. It's not a forcing of, oh, I've done it all wrong. I, I, I think I know what things are. Let's. I need to force some kind of unknowing on everything. It's it's like, well, just, just start prizing it apart, you know, just unwrap it a little bit, just unfold it, you know, just look more deeply into it and go, is that, are you absolutely sure that's true? Just absolutely, you know. If your life depended on it, could you say that's absolutely true? Is that definitely a mug? <laughs> or is that definitely red? And really look deeply into it. Because whatever that mug is and whatever red is, actually turns out to be exactly what everything is, which is what you are. And it's like, well, how is that possible? Am I glued to the mug or something? What What is this? Well, you're saying there's an I that's separate from the mug. There's this idea that you are this person, that there's a you that is somehow separate from everything else. Whereas there's only ever this happening and you then define yourself into existence through this ever-flowing stream of thoughts. A thought appears that seems to have this very strong pull that there's an I that is separate from what is appearing and there's this location of consciousness and it's a center point that's different from everything that's perceived yeah that's one perspective and it's all imaginary actually because you can never find anything but the flow you can never find anything but experiencing and that is the basic fact and then everything that comes on top of that is actually just ideas you can put anything on top of that and it's just the same as saying I am this body separate from everything else I'm experiencing. Actually, it's just experiencing. And then the mind, which this experiencing wears like clothes almost, it's just an appearance. You're identifying as something in experience. You're not identifying as this unlimited fact, this infinite fact that is completely ungraspable, unfindable, but absolutely is and you're going okay yeah that's boring <laughs> overlooking that and going i'm this body i'm this thought i'm this person that i identify with in my head all the time you've gone downstream you need to just go upstream where's the, where's the stream flowing from you know yeah it's obviously easily done because these thoughts are talking to you all day long and then they and they've got a suction they've got a pull to them a gravitational pull that says I am this thought, I am this mental thing. But does a thought perceive? Does a thought hear? Does a thought feel? You know, it's it's downstream. It's not the fact. It's not the the source. Yeah. I mean, what is thinking? Thinking is nothing but awareness. Look beyond the thought, the thought about something, and look at the capacity of thinking itself. What is it? It's only awareness, only experiencing. Yeah. 
a thought about anything it's not a thought about the thing it's only ever thinking which is awareness so really you only ever think about awareness you only ever experience experiencing yeah reality is the only thing that's ever thought about and the thought itself is reality yeah so it's actually referring to nothing other than itself but we then mistake that for actual things that are somehow separate from that experiencing you know and, and then there's then you've got this whole play of duality haven't you suddenly yeah you've got all these objects and you've got these things and you've got these storylines and all the narrative and everything it's and it it just the cat's out of the bag isn't it yeah there is this pull isn't there towards conceptualizing because by default the human mind craves knowledge conceptual knowledge yeah especially where there are gaps and what will it do when there are gaps it will just go to the most similar thing exactly so if you're presented with a, a totally new object and you have no idea what it is there's an opportunity there to really delve into a clear knowing of reality presented in this unknowable unnameable object yet the mind jumps into what it already knows and then applies that the mind would instantly go to the nearest match and instantly you've disengaged with what it actually is yeah and it's very fast and it's very innocent and it's not that you are doing it it's the habit of the mind to do that because of the this importance on conceptualizing and the value given to it it's basically like a a supercomputer it's like robocop or terminator or something and you know it's going beep 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 it's so seamless we don't even notice it happening it's all completely you you're seeing your filters all of seamlessly filtered through this supercomputer mind and for its memory banks all pulling at all the information threads and then suddenly you've got this whole picture that applies to absolutely everything as well mm layers of conceptually produced experiences all of which get taken for granted and it's not like we take any time to delve into any of those experiences and ascertain the nature of them and that's what we're doing here now the mind invents and that's pretty ingenious that it can do that really really we've got a lot to thank the mind for because it makes things interesting it's a storyteller you know yeah and it can tell all sorts of stories and no one ever questions whether that story is true but if you only think there's only the story then it's all very serious mm. actually it's, it's all playful you're playing the game at the same time you're relaxed you're like oh, i'm not too invested in this you're in the world but not of it the stories are beautiful but never true not absolute not what you think it is <laughs> and then there's a tension release suddenly opens up and becomes held lightly yeah and then it's not like there's just the void of nothingness there's then pure potential out of pure potentiality all of this has been created it's a seemingly endless creative process and there is nothing more going on than that creativity and as you just alluded to there there seems to be this possibility of being a conscious creator so to speak to create consciously out of that one 
non-substance, non-material that we call reality and to knowingly play, explore through the medium of concepts and thinking and sensing totally because that seems to be what we have and it can just be a celebration of that one outpouring of potentiality and experientially the freedom, the joy, the love, the peace. It's the power that gives everything purpose. It's the power supply, the seed, full of life, it's full of potential and it's full of absolute vibrancy, ready to explode out as itself. You are life, reality, seeing yourself in many different ways through many different filters. It's not something you have to eradicate, get rid of, but you can just not hold on so tightly. Yeah, that's it. It's not the only way to live, is it? <laughs> it's not the only way to experience this life, holding tightly through these concepts. You can sort of unravel the whole thing back to that starting point of absolute potentiality. And then where do you want to go from there? Mm. You're tapped into something energetic, full of aliveness. You're not tired by all these concepts, these ideas of what you think you are and what you have to do. And, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm a good person. I'm a bad person. And all these ideas. It's tiring. Yeah. This all originates from this habitual process of conceptualizing life, which is yourself. When you have distinctions such as subject, object, I, other, self and world, you have the perception of separateness. And that separateness creates what we're calling suffering and the heaviness and the anxiety. So it's all down to naming. Well, that's it. Why is there so much suffering in this perception of duality? Because you identify as some entity cut off from the whole, cut off from everything and everyone you love, from the sources that you value. And then a whole lifetime is seemingly spent trying to reconnect with those things. It feels futile because by definition, you are an individual. It's not like you can kind of become one with the rest of the world. You can't physically merge. So even though you acquire concepts in an attempt to connect, it's never going to heal this imagined divide because you see yourself as inherently divided. Because it's duality, you must be the, the subject and everything else must be the objects. And in a way, other subjects are sort of objectified. So you are this subject enclosed in a body-mind in relationship with objects. And as we've been saying, it's quite easy to see that those objects are just concepts, right? But are you a concept? What you take yourself to be, are you a concept? Well, yeah, exactly. Everything else is a concept, but... What about you? Are you, you know, have you actually looked at whether this person that you think is so solid, so real in every sense, have you looked at whether that might just be another, another concept? What can you actually say about a person other than it's this ever changing, ever shifting dynamic flow of unknown energy occurrence? It could be said radiance the person isn't perceiving 
the person is a perception. In a Cashman Shavism, it'd be just pure Shakti, which isn't separate from experiencing. It can be a little bit intimidating at first, I think, because we're so, so sure subconsciously of what we are, that we are this person. To then see that we're not this person, this person is something we're experiencing, is a bit of a shock. You are this body-mind, but it's not all you are. No, it's a massive limitation on what you are, really, to identify with that. Yeah, you know yourself to be a human being. If you just look at the first part of that phrase, human, that part is this composite of beliefs, assumptions and knowledge that personal sense of a separate self that part is conceptual it's a group of self-concepts but then if you look at the other part of that phrase being what is being being is consciousness i amness pure energy it's aliveness it's awareness it's experiencing and without the being aspect of the human being there could be no conceptual sense of self we know what we've assumed ourselves to be but we're just delving deeper into the being aspect because that's the ground it's the foundation it's the context that gives birth to the human aspects of ourselves beingness exists prior to any concept that's exactly it yeah the ego or that little conglomeration of thoughts, feelings, memories, all that kind of stuff, that's masquerading as what you are. And you've just stopped too early. Follow it back further and go, well, what's giving it its reality? It's not that it's not real, actually, because there's reality to it. There's only reality. So everything is real in, in a sense, because it's either all real or all not real. I mean, either way ends up at the same result. It disappears to be happening, whatever it is. The reality of what you are is kind of lending itself to that ego. It's based on truth, but it's a half-truth. It might as well be called a lie because unless it's a whole truth, it's a lie. So it's just stopped too early on the unraveling. Ravel it back up right to the source. Be with it absolutely, innocently, naively, nakedly, just immediately, directly, before any thoughts start telling you anything about it. And that's where it's all arising from that's the energy source that's like plugging into the power supply yeah it's like referring to a water stream and being very fixated on that form of water but right there in the naming of that water stream is its deeper truth the water but believing that that water stream is cut off or something different than its larger body its deeper truth its universal substance but being so focused on that form the water stream is a part truth an incomplete truth it points to its truth but it's perceived as absolute in its partial form and that's the same with the human being you are a human being but it's not all you are all you are is being and within the being that you are appears this humanness. So you could call those appearances objects. The body-mind is an object among 
other objects in awareness. But actually, even that is not true because what do you know of any object but just pure subjectivity? It's difficult to talk without naming things, of course. There's nothing wrong with using language and symbols to talk and point towards what we're talking about, but it's actually just so simple. All you can ever know is experiencing without even the word experiencing and then take the word away. There's just this flowing of who knows what and that's all you can ever know that is the only absolute true thing you can be sure of that isn't a thing it's just this anything added on top of that is downstream from that isness the beingness you don't know what you are but you know you are and just stay with that knowing and don't add anything on top of it and or just know that anything you do add on top of it isn't what you are it's fantasy simultaneously what those concepts are made of is completely true this isness this experiencing yeah there's some absolute reality to this experiencing the stuff that appears within it is of course nothing other than it there's no way of verifying anything other than the isness of this happening whatever this flowing of appearance this reality experiencing is and that's not something that can be attained. It's here, it's this. And all it requires is even just a small shift away from the programming, the conditioning, the believing. That can change everything. The only bondage there was was dualistic thinking. The prison bars, i.e. the concepts, are nothing. They're nothing. So there was no bondage and therefore was no need for freedom. It's not that you become free. You know yourself as freedom itself. And you don't even need to call yourself freedom. You don't even need to conceptualise freedom. Even in a state of seeming bondage, entangled in concepts, you are still free. In fact, you are free as reality to believe that, to get so embroiled in mind stuff. You are free to do that. I mean... Apparently so, because that's what's happening. That's it. Ultimately, its nature has to be freedom itself. If it wasn't, then it wouldn't have the possibility of appearing as all these concepts. Mm. If it, it would have to have a set of conditions placed on it. Only experiences within this range where I always know what I am and blah, 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 and there's no concepts and all this kind of stuff. That would be actually not freedom. Yeah. Freedom is the freedom for apparent entrapment. Absolutely. So really, it's being willing to not know, which means to have the courage to surrender what you have for so long believed to be true about yourself, about others and about the world, creating that space for a deeper experiential exploration of life. Explore the field of experience. It's impossible to know through the mind but in another sense in a real sense impossible not to know beyond the mind because it's all there is and it's all you are it's knowing itself it's awareness itself yeah and it becomes quite obvious that that is the only thing I can really rely on or be sure of and I can't say it in words but I there's it's just the isness isn't it it's the isness of Whatever this is, reality. <laughs> <laughs>